Well, thank you so much. That was a nice welcome. I appreciate it. Um, it's really my pleasure um, and privilege to be here this morning and sharing with all of you. Uh, been connected with the Way Church through A Woman's Choice for many years, but it's actually my first time in service. And so, just the the gift of being able to share the word with you this morning is is such a such an honor. So, um, thank you so much, and thank you for your support of our ministry at A Woman's Choice. Um, that makes you partners together in the work that we are doing. So when a woman's choice says that we are saving lives and saving souls, that is you. That's you doing that as much as it is for those of us who are there in the office day by day. So thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your support. And being here today, because I represent a woman's choice, I do want to share with you some about the ministry, give you a little update of things that are going on. Um, But I'm also here not just as uh, the representative for a woman's choice, but I'm here as a sister in Christ. I'm here as a fellow believer um, and a fellow sojourner. We're all walking this journey together that that God has called us to. And so additionally, I want to share just what God's put on my heart for all of us today as believers in Christ, um, but then connect it to the ministry so that um, I hope it has relevance for each one of you, but but also helps you to see uh, into our ministry a little bit. I'll start with just a quick overview of A Woman's Choice for those of you uh, who may be new to the church or don't really know much about us. Um, A Woman's Choice, first of all, we are celebrating our 35th anniversary this year, which we're super excited about. Yeah, it's a testimony to God's faithfulness that 35 years ago that he inspired the hearts of a small group of Christians to make themselves available to women who were seeking abortions, to let them know that there was another way and A Woman's Choice was established at that time under a different name, but at that time, 35 years ago, and God has sustained this ministry for for all those decades. Um, We have grown tremendously. There's a lot going on. We're growing again this year that I'll share with you in a minute, but ultimately, our core mission has always remained the same, to reach women and men facing unplanned pregnancies and offering to them the information, education, and support that will equip them and empower them to make a choice for life. And along with that, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that is foundational to who we are, uh, because we know no matter what challenge somebody is facing in this world, Jesus is the answer. Uh, This was my favorite thing walking in today to the sanctuary. I love the Jesus uh, behind me. Um, I was thinking, oh, he's got my back when I'm speaking today. That's awesome. um, but that's why we share Jesus because He is the answer for all that they do, all that they're going through. Um, so we help those women and men. Please note that men is included with that. Yes, the woman is the one carrying the baby, but she is not alone in the pregnancy. Um, I, I often say, without going into the biology lesson, that even though she is the one pregnant, it takes a man to get there, and so he is equally important to receive the same ministry we're offering 
offering to her, maybe not the medical services, but the information about the alternatives and options that they have in facing that unplanned pregnancy. So we end the gospel as well. So we're sharing that with the men as well. We provide medical services and that education and support so she can make an informed decision. Some people get a little confused by our name. It's a woman's choice. And sometimes we get people asking, well, wait a minute, are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? Are you for abortion or against it? And we are unequivocally pro-life. However, what we do understand, and it's a little bit hard as pro-life believers, it is her choice. She can choose abortion. That's what our country and our world is made legal. But we want to make sure that she makes an informed decision, that she knows the truth. There's a lot of lies out there, and it's easy to make decisions in a crisis moment filled with lies and make the wrong decision. We can share with her truth so that she can make a decision knowing what's right and what's true. And so that's what we're doing at a woman. Choice, sharing that information, providing those medical services, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with her and with him to help lead them to that choice for life. We also go on to support them in many different ways. Um, In some ways, we actually support them in every decision that they can make. And what I mean by that is is if she is interested in adoption, we connect them to adoption agencies. And I don't mean we just give them a phone number. We help really connect them so that they can get that relationship going. If they decide to parent, um, we come alongside them and we provide a bunch of services that offer um, ongoing mentorship and education and material supplies and help up until their baby is a year old so we get a long-term opportunity to serve her and minister to her and we also connect her to the community resources we have to get all that she needs to support that decision for life but if she does choose abortion we don't support abortion decisions we don't help them get abortions provide abortions refer for abortions none of that but what we can say is you can still come back here and we are here to help you because we do have post-abortive counseling available for women and men after they've had abortion, whether it was a few days ago, a few weeks ago, or a few decades ago. Through Jesus Christ, there's healing, forgiveness, and freedom for them, and we offer that as well. And it's a wonderful way to be able to just demonstrate the love of Christ by saying, even if you choose this decision, we're still here for you and we still love you. So that's what A Woman's Choice is doing. We also um, minister to young people in the community with a program that helps try to reach them before they end up pregnant, facing those decisions. And we go into schools and churches and youth programs and try to help share information about healthy sexual relationships and things like that. So uh, we're doing all that and it's all just because of God and, and he enables us to do it and because of partnerships with churches like yours. We are growing this year, and we're super excited about that. Um, We have our one location just down the road on East Lime Street that we've been in for since 2005. Um, Can't do the math on the spot. Y'all can figure that out and tell me later. Um, But we have our building, but this year we are going mobile. So by the end of this year, we will have a medical mobile unit that will take our core services out into the community to reach her and him when they can't get to us. So we can provide the pregnancy testing, the ultrasound, the STI testing, the counsel, the education, and the 
support and the gospel on our mobile bus. We've been in this process for a long while, but we are anticipating delivery. We are believing and, and hearing in November. So you will hear more about that. We will have a celebration to launch our mobile ministry and just to see what God's going to do as we keep going forward. So that's just a quick overview of a woman's choice. And uh, while I share with you all that's going on directly in our ministry, you might also be aware that there's a lot going on in the pro-life world on on a national level. Um, In fact, if you don't live under a rock, you probably know that in June, um, I believe it was June 24th, that the Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade was overturned. And it was an amazing day of a pro-life victory, something we have fought for and prayed for uh, for decades, almost 50 years since Roe v. Wade uh, was first put in place in 1973. And so it was a day that Christians and pro-life believers all rejoiced. But um, the important thing to realize, as much as we can celebrate and rejoice, is that it does not mean the fight is over. And that's what I want to just share with you guys, because a lot has been happening and a lot will continue to happen um, since that big decision in June. And in some ways, the fight has actually intensified in a lot of ways. Um, And if you may have seen a lot of this on the news already, uh, just to know that uh, there's been a lot of attacks right away, right after uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. There were attacks on pregnancy centers across the nation, physical violence, vandalism, Um, We didn't have anything at A Woman's Choice, thank God, or even in Lakeland, but the Winter Haven Pregnancy Center was vandalized significantly just across town. And and I was actually shocked. I didn't, I kept saying, no, not in Sheriff Grady Judland. Nobody would think to do that. Um, But they did. They vandalized that center. Um, They were vandalizing buildings in other parts of our state and the nation. There were cyber attacks. Uh, We experienced a lot of harassment, not an not an attack, but a lot of harassment online. Um, the pregnancy centers definitely were under attack. And then there's the attacks and the lies and the media. And again, if you've ever turned on a television or looked at your social media, you'll see that there's a strong voice against life and against pregnancy centers. And there's a strong fight uh, to try to make abortion available now that they feel like they have to fight for it state by state. And a lot of what's out there is just lies, lies from people in high positions of authority speaking to, you know, full masses and saying things that are completely not true. And I see that as part of the the attack is the dissemination of untruths. And again, their fight to try to make abortion as available as it can be. I shared with you about our mobile unit, and we're so excited. Do you know they are putting together mobile units to provide abortions? They're going out there to provide the abortion pill, driving around like an ice cream truck, which is an exaggeration, but that's what it feels like. Um, This one I thought was crazy. They actually, shortly after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I have no idea if they're going to do it, but there was talk about them doing a boat an abortion boat. 
so that it could be in international waters and women could go to it without having to worry about what's legal and what's not. Again, I have no idea if that's going to happen, but it just demonstrates to you the extremities to which they're willing to go to try to make abortion available. They're also pushing the abortion pill in ways that um, uh, it can be ordered by mail order now in many areas where women can just go online and order the abortion pill and have abortions at home. For uh, a, a voice that tries to fight for women's rights that in no way protects or helps women at all. And then there's also been attacks from corporate, big corporations, corporate giants. Most of the corporate giants that all of us know and use do not support the life issue. They are pro-abortion. Or corporations like Amazon, who is offering to pay for women to cross state lines to get abortions. Google, who also offered those kind of services. And then some of those um, particular corporations are attacking pregnancy centers directly in ways that really affect us. And and we felt this the past two weeks when Google changed their algorithms to hide pregnancy centers from women searching. That's one of our primary ways of reaching women because that's where they are when they're seeking abortions. They're online. And so we're advertising online to make ourselves available, but they've changed it so that we're not coming up. And we've felt it. And so we're praying through this and we're fighting through this. And, and I just share it with you to just uh, let you know that the fight is still going on and it's hard and it's dark. Um, we know Jesus is victorious, but we're still fighting the fight. And in the meantime, there's still women and men facing unplanned pregnancies. There's still babies' lives being lost to abortion and men and women wounded um, constantly, day by day. I don't know if you're aware, since 1973, when Roe v. Wade was first put into place, there have been over 65 million abortions in our nation. 65 million. That's a number you can hardly wrap your head around. And that doesn't even count the rest of the world. We had close to um, 80,000 80, in Florida last year and almost 2,000 in Polk County last year. So the fight is still on. The fight is still on. And while I was thinking about all of this, just sharing this update with you, making sure you know what's going on in the pro-life realm, the question came to me that I think might come to some when they see all of this is, wow, where is God in all of this? You know, we know Roe v. Wade was turned over, and that's a victory, but it's all of this that I just shared with you is still going on. And it might make us ask that question, where is God when babies' lives are being lost? Where is God when women are being lied to and, and led to abortion and then facing the trauma that comes with it? Where is God in all of it? Um, and I, then I realized that that same question comes up in our own lives. And what I thought was really neat this morning is that, first of all, just uh, the Spirit of God has been moving in both spirit, uh, both services, and uh, it's just been a beautiful experience to be here with you guys through that. And I've heard the message that God put on my heart over and over and the things that were sung and the things that were shared even through the time of worship. And so when when I was thinking, again, where when people ask, where is God and all 
this abortion thing. Where's God in all of the challenges we face in life? Like I said, it's not just about the pregnancy center, but in all of our lives, in our world around us, abortion is not the only evil that we are facing. There's a lot of darkness and craziness out there. When you turn on again the television and you see the shootings that are happening, when you see the wars that are taking place, when you just see the hatred and polarized views um, with people fighting against each other, drug abuse, the list can go on and on and on. Where, where is God and all of that, when we see um, all the things that are happening to people that hurt people, we might ask, where is God? And then in our individual lives, and we heard some of that referred to again in the time of worship, the things we face in our families and in people around us and our own hearts and lives, broken relationships and marriages, um, divorce, emotional trauma, suicide, cancer, sickness, all these things. And sometimes we just want to shake our fist and say, where are you, God? And I think of uh, one of our biblical heroes, one of my favorite stories is uh, Gideon uh, in the book of Judges. And, and he asked the same question of God when the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites and, and an angel comes to um, Gideon while he's hiding in a wine press threshing wheat. Um, you don't thresh wheat in wine presses, but he was hiding from the Midianites because they were destroying the Israelites. And, and an angel comes to him and, and says, um, uh, greetings, mighty warrior, something uh, like that. And Gideon goes, uh, you, you talking to me, mighty warrior? This is the guy hiding in the wine press. And he goes, not only is my clan the least in Israel, but I'm the least of my clan. You've got the wrong guy. And then the angel tells him, but the Lord is with you. And he goes, well, how can that be? This was his, where are you, God? He says, how can that be? How can you tell me God is with us when our nation is being completely decimated and oppressed by these Midianites who are as, as numerous as the sand on the seashore? And look at us. How can God be with us in this? So he had his, where is God moment in this. And some of us might face that sometime, whether it's in relation to the pro-life movement or uh, in the difficulties that you face. And then I realized as I was preparing that today is September 11th, and it's a day of remembrance, a day of, um, gosh, I don't know how many years ago that was now, 2001, right? So 21 years ago, um, when we saw that great evil um, destruction, death uh, in our nation with the attack on our nation. And again, that day, people were saying, where, where are you, God? Where is God in all of this? And so God just put it on my heart in the context of all of that to come today to share with you that God is right here. And I think that's the message that I've kept hearing all through worship. God is here. He is present. He is waiting. And he is available like he has always been. And when I started digging through scripture to try to know what to share with you, um, uh, the first scripture that came to mind goes way back. It's Genesis 1-1, very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Now, I know there's more to that verse, just in case you don't think I did my Bible study, but that's the part you need to hear. In the beginning, God. 
before everything began. He was here. He was already working. He was already existing. He was already um, doing all that he was going to continue to do through all of history until this point, and nothing has changed. He was here then, and he is here now, just like he has always been. And I wanted that to be an encouragement to you and to me as we face some of those where is God moments, because we're also told in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, long past, today, right now, right here, and forever, never changing. So we can look all the way back at Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, and know that that in the beginning, God is right here in the now, God, and in the tomorrow, God, and in every situation that you can think of that makes you wonder, where is God in all of this? He's here, and he's now. And one of the songs we sang actually lined up so perfectly with uh, the message that God was giving me to flesh it out, because we sang, uh, the God of uh, Moses, the God of David, the God of all of our biblical heroes. And when we walk through the Bible, we see God in many desperate situations, like the situations we face today. Even if they're completely different in nature, the things we experience in them and the desperate need for God, we sing that too, I need you now, I need you and we look at all of our biblical heroes and we see that with Ruth in a foreign land, where was God? He was with her. David, we sang when he faced a giant, when he was running for his life, when he was serving in the palace, in his sin and his repentance, where was God? God was there with David. With Job, when he lost everything. Job's our like least favorite story because nobody wants to imagine uh, the Job story. But just, just how can you not? Where is God in, in a story like Job's? But God was there with three Hebrew boys in a fire. God was there with Daniel in the lion's den. God was there with Jonah in his disobedience. God came after him, swallowed him with a fish. Not something we're all looking for, but God was there. He wouldn't let him go. Hannah and her barrenness and her sorrow, weeping before the Lord and the emptiness. Where was God? God was there with her. Joshua, he told in Joshua 1.9, don't be afraid. I am with, with you. Be strong and courageous because I am with you wherever you will go. We, I mean, those are just a sampling of where we see God uh, in all of their lives and know that as the same God, he is with all of us as well. One scripture I, I will read is in Isaiah um, chapter 43. Just going to pull that open. I mark them, but if you mark too many of them, they're still hard to find. Just, just a point of reference for you guys. Yeah, it's totally... You know what? It must have come off. I can find Isaiah, though. I did. I did do my Bible study. There it is. Look, it was in the middle of the book. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> that doesn't help. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. 
But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God tells us, God promises us. He tells us, fear not, for I am with you. You will not be swept away by these circumstances. You will not burn. And why? You're mine. You're mine. So I pray that that encourages you, but I also want to challenge you too, because there's a second question that has to follow it. When we ask, where is God in all of us, in all of this, in all of those situations, we have to ask ourselves, where are we? Where are you in each one of those situations? Where am I in each one of those situations? Because there's no question that God is here. But if in those situations and in those challenges and, and in those trials, I am shaking my fist at God in anger and turning my back on him, he can be there all he wants. But if I am not turning to him, I am unable to receive all that he has for me. So it's equally as important to know where he is, but where I am in it as well. God moves towards us, but are we moving towards him? And there's scripture, of course, to support that. And again, I heard it in all of the worship this morning that, that there's a coming to God that has to happen. And when we do, he is there for us without question. And a scripture I, I believe we all know very well is in um, Second Chronicles. Yeah, okay. So that one fell off too. Lesson learned. And, you know, I absolutely refuse to, um, I know it well enough, uh, I refuse to get those little tabs because I feel like if I get the tabs, then I'll rely on them and I want to know where all the books are. So I have to dig, but digging in front of everybody with a time limit, it's just not ideal. So Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will heal their land. Probably got it close. So there's a turning to God. He's there. He'll do the work. But there's a turning to God. And in Jeremiah, we like to quote Jeremiah 29.11, which is a wonderful verse, but 29.12 says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. So there's something about our direction in those situations when you're facing or looking at all of it, uh, whether on the big uh, level or directly personal inside, and you ask yourself, where is God? Then you remember that he's right here. Then ask yourself, where are you? And just know that you can draw to him and he will draw near to you in every situation. And so that comes all the way back to a woman's choice because the work that we're doing there is to share that same message with her, 
right? She's running from God. She's running in her situation. She's facing something that seems impossible. But what did we sing today? Nothing is impossible with God. But she may not know that. She may not believe that. So we lead her to that truth. And we show her and we invite her and him to turn their hearts to God. Because we know that if she does, and if he does, that God will be there for them. We may not know every answer to their situation, but God does. And so we turn her to the one, the only one who can be a solution in all that she's facing, just like he's the only one that can be a solution for all of us and what we're facing. So with that, I just bring it back to, again, a woman's choice, just to share with you, um, as I thanked you before for being a part of our ministry by the church supporting us. There's still wonderful ways for each one of you as individuals to to also partner with us and in many different ways, whether it's volunteering um, or prayer, please stop at the table. I have prayer cards I would love to share with you. Or we have our Walk for Life coming up um, in just uh, in November. And Lacey's going to share a little bit more about that. It's a wonderful opportunity for the church to come together and impact the work that's happening at A Woman's Choice in another way. So um, again, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here with you this morning, to share with you. I pray that your hearts are encouraged, and I hope you'll come visit me uh, at the table. God bless you.